The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. You better get ready. Oh, you better get ready. Hallelujah, sinners. You better get ready. Times are coming when the sinner must die. Just how the people live, they're just gonna die. Time, time's coming when the sinner must die. Just how the sinner lives, they're just gonna die. The time, time's coming when the sinner must die. Oh, sinners, you better get ready. Oh, you better get ready, hallelujah, sinners, you better get ready, times are coming when a sinner must die. God gave no other rainbow sign, time, time's coming when the sinner must die, won't be water be the far next time the time time's coming when the sinner must die oh sinners you better get ready oh you better get ready hallelujah sinners you better get ready times are coming when the sinner must die sober, serious message to share with you today. In the book of Revelation, we find seven letters written to the seven churches of Asia. Now, we have many letters in the scriptures. Paul wrote letters. Peter wrote letters. They're all inspired by the Holy Spirit. He spoke to men who wrote down the messages through their personality and with their words. The scripture is given by inspiration. It is the word of God. But in these seven churches, 
Jesus himself speaks as the risen Lord from heaven. Now, these letters need to absorb a great deal of our study and attention and prayer. Particularly the last letter. It's addressed to the church at Laodicea. Now, I've spoken many times about this church, but just a bit of brief background. It was a very wealthy church. They specialized in medicine, salve to heal the eyes. They specialized in in black wool, uh, garments of black wool, overcoats of black wool that were very expensive and very fine. Now, the Lord comes to the Apostle John on the island of Patmos, and he begins to speak to, to his prophet. But in a general way, he did it in dictation form. He wanted John to write down every word he spoke. And that's what John did. And so these letters, for me, hold special import. All of Scripture is inspired by the Word of God. It is God-breathed. But these letters, to me, stand first and foremost. Because it's not Jesus as he walked on the earth. It is Jesus as he has now ascended to his place of authority taking his place on the throne beside his father. And now he has some very specific things to say to the seven churches. And church theologians and many pastors believe that these seven churches probably applied to seven times, seven seven series of churches and that this church at Laodicea is the last, it is the end-time church. Now, we gain something from all of the letters, but when we consider that Laodicea is, in fact, the true condition of the American Christian church today, of the Western church today, it becomes very sober and very serious. Now, I'm going to share with you today a prophetic dream. It's a prophetic dream that Pastor Dana Coverstone from an Assemblies of God church in Kentucky, a small church, not large, not impressive. This man is a very honest, forthright, servant of the living God coming out of the assemblies of God where he pastors. Now, he didn't expect this message to get wide coverage. He thought it was for his community in his local area. But it is now spreading viral on the Internet. And as I prayed about it, I knew I needed to share it with you today. And then we're going to come back and look specifically at the application in the church at Laodicea. Now let's pray. 
Lord, it is time for sinners to get right with you before they die. You are bringing great judgment upon the church. The church is basically shut down in the Western world. And Lord, we are seeing the rising up of every wicked thing, of of indescribable evil, of destruction and burning and beatings. Lord, I pray today you will awaken each person who listens and turn their heart toward heaven. Lord, thank you. Set your people on fire in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Now, this is the dream of Pastor Dana Coverstone from the Assemblies of God Church, Word of Life in Kentucky. Let's share it, and then we'll talk about it. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a patriot. I love this country. And uh, I can confirm the first part of what I'm about to tell you because I told some men at a prayer group uh, back in December, second or third week of December. So I want to share three specific dreams that I've had recently, uh, going back to December, two that I've had this week, both both Monday and last night, Monday and Tuesday night. Because I believe, number one, they are prophetic. Uh, the first one that I had has come explicitly true based on the events of March through June, <clears throat> the month in which we're living. And uh, I do not claim to be a prophet by any means. I understand, though, that some dreams and visions by their nature have a prophetic tendency to them. But I do believe I've seen things, uh, both that have happened as relevant by the first dream that I had and some things that I've seen recently. So you can take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt. You can pray about it. You can think about it. Uh, but I believe that I have a warning uh, for the country, a warning for rural America, a, ruler, uh, a, a, a warning for America overall. Here's what happened. Back in December, I woke up, I had a dream, and in that dream, I saw a calendar starting January 2020, and it was being flipped. And I saw January, I saw February, I saw March. And when March came up, the hand held it, and I saw the fin- a finger underline the month of March and then tap it three times. So underline the month of March, tapped it three times. So to me, it was emphasis. Something's going to happen in March. And then I saw April, May, June. And when June came, the hand underlined June again and tapped it three times. Then in the vision, I saw people marching. I saw protests. I saw people wearing masks. I saw lines going into hospitals. I saw... um, Typical medical doctors with needles or, 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 or syringes. I saw people on ventilators. I saw people who were very, very sick, very, very ill. I saw newspaper headlines trumpeting thousands of people getting sick. I saw um, ambulances just flying down roads. I, and then I saw, I saw cities on fire. I saw buildings being burned. I saw protesters with masks. Uh, I saw people who were had their fists in the air, people who were yelling and screaming, angry as at, just at the world. <clears throat> I saw 
courthouses. I saw state houses surrounded. I saw people who were mad at the world. Uh, I saw I saw guns, shotguns, specifically put in the air, held like this. And I saw barriers within cities. Um, and I told several men in my church about this, and I can confirm who those men were, and they'll confirm that what I'm telling you is what I told them. I saw absolute chaos. And the other thing I saw was vultures flying over large cities. Not just the ones that were burning, but I saw vultures flying over the cities. And I saw smoke rising. And I saw I saw people fearful. I saw people terrified. I saw people inside their homes and looking out the windows, the curtains of their windows with guns in their hands because there was absolute fear. Then I heard the words, brace yourself, brace yourself. So since December, I've been hearing those words, brace yourself, brace yourself. Um, January, February came, didn't seem too much. I reminded the men of the dream. And then in March, boom, COVID-19 hit. And things started shutting down. Churches were shut down. Business was shut down. The economy shut down. Uh, then we began to see the protests starting in, Mar- in May in Minneapolis. And all those things began to go on. So where we are at the end of the primary election here in Kentucky, and now there's talk of more shutdowns. I just heard the governor uh, talk about schools opening back up and things of that nature. <clears throat> but the things that I saw in a dream and vision back in December are the same things that I watched in the news almost every day since March through June. All this time I kept hearing, brace yourself, brace yourself. Um, I spend time in prayer. I spend time in the Word. I'm a pastor. And it's not just my job. It's something that I enjoy doing, I love doing. And I'm very interested in the news around the world. I read 40 newspapers a day from all around the world. I, I keep up with news uh, in other parts of the, of, of the nations better sometimes than I hear here because it's hard to know who to trust. But I get news from all over the world, all around the world, from both liberal and conservative sources. Uh, I'm very well read. I'm very understanding of how nations work. I've traveled quite a bit, and I'm not just making these things up. I can confirm what I have said. And with that in mind, on Monday night, I had another dream. And it woke me from my bed. I made notes about it. I shot some video of myself, just making sure I can remember. But here's what I saw. I saw a calendar. Start with a calendar. And as I was having this, the calendar was up, a white figure appeared. And it, it, to me, it was it was a rep, representing God, the Holy Spirit, something pure, something righteous, something true, something holy. Because there was nothing um, nothing sinister about it, nothing evil. But I heard the voice say, "Part two, part two. And I saw June go up. I saw July, I saw August, and then I saw September. And I saw the finger underneath the word September, and like like emphasizing it, and tapped it three times. And then I saw October come up, and then I saw November. And this is when it got real to me in the dream. I think the intensity, uh, according to my Fitbit, when I woke up, my heart rate was about 180. So that was Monday night. It was also a night that I woke up not feeling very well at all. I was up during the night, not feeling well. But anyway, the minute the finger underlined November three times, instead of tapping it, I saw a fist ball up, and it hit the calendar. And literally, the calendar exploded into the wall. The numbers seemed like they were 3D and they were falling. They were just flying everywhere. And there was a cloud of chaos that started. And then the next thing I saw was I saw, 
I saw armed protesters. I saw fighting in the streets. I saw people pummeling one another. I saw businesses shuttered and shut up. I saw I saw schools close. I saw schoolrooms with cobwebs hanging in them and like things like papers falling off the wall and posters fall like no one had been in them for months. I saw banks, bank buildings with the roofs being taken off. It looked almost like alien abduction because money was just flying through the roof into some type of like a vacuum cleaner. I know it sounds kind of strange, but I was watching wealth just being taken. I saw politicians in back rooms uh, making deals with people, pat, you know, patting people on the back and, and laughing and smiling and smirking. And I saw monuments. I saw, I saw Washington, D.C. burning. I saw Washington, D.C. blazing. I saw fires everywhere. I saw people being rounded up. I saw Chinese and Russian soldiers on the ground. And Russian soldiers were telling the Chinese soldiers to go and pick up these people, round up these people, secure this quadrant, secure this area. I saw blue helmets of the UN. I saw military things taking place. I also saw no sign of President Trump. I saw no sign of leadership in Washington, D.C. But the vultures that I had seen were now like gargoyles, and they were 10 feet off the ground, 10 to 15 feet off the ground. And they were just attacking people mercilessly. I saw people hiding in their homes and garages. I saw churches being burned. I saw homes being burned. I saw absolute chaos. And the fist punch on the November of 2020 is what got my attention. And then I heard the words again, brace yourself, brace yourself, brace yourself. That has been something that I have heard for almost almost seven, well, seven months now. Starting once we get to July, it's going to be seven months. Um, and once again, I'm not claiming to be a prophet. I'm not claiming, proclaiming, you know, just, we'll see what happens in November, through November, and see if I'm right about this. But I know when I hear God's voice. I know, I know how, what God's voice sounds like to me. I know when he speaks. And I know when I have a dream that I know is him. And the things that I was seeing, I don't say this to scare people, but I say this to warn people that there are some pretty sinister things coming down the pike. And not just for the lost, but for God's people as well. Uh, the second dream I had last night, and it woke me up. Uh, in this dream, uh, we just had a yard sale to help fund a, a team going to, to Ecuador this next year. And we had a yard sale. And I had asked our secretary to get us some change for that, secretary, for that, for that yard sale. So in the dream that I'm having, I walk to the bank. I walk into the bank to get some change. And on the door it says there's no change available. I saw the sign, it registered in my mind, but I walked on in, and the president of the local bank was at the teller station, and she had she was going to be taking care of business. And I said, I need to get $10 and quarters for a yard sale. And she said, I'm sorry, but the U.S. Mint is no longer making currency or making change, like pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, half dollars. We're not doing that anymore. And I said, like, well, what do you mean? She said, They've stopped doing it. And I said, well, how are we going to be able to charge $1.50 for anything? And she said, prepare for hyperinflation and just charge $2. And then she said to me in the dream, oh, and by the way, $1 and $5 bills will follow soon after that. And then I heard those words, brace yourself, brace yourself, brace yourself. And I woke up, I wrote these things down, 
Um, I've never gone on video and recorded the dreams that I've had. And I, I hesitated to not do the one I had back in December. But everything I saw in that dream in December came true between March and June. When In the, in, in the dream, I was showed March through June. And so I don't think I would be doing um, anyone a service if I don't share what I saw in these dreams and visions. And I believe that we're going to see not just a second huge wave of COVID between September, October, November, but we're going to see major things with the elections. We're going to see major chaos in our country. We're going to see troops in our cities. We're going to see the protests get even worse. We're going to see buildings burn. We're going to see what could only lead to civil war in this country. And so for my friends that are believers, I've, here, I'm just going to share you what, what I think you need to hear. First of all, you need to be preparing food. You need to make sure you've got alternative forms of currency like silver or gold or whatever. I believe you need to have an ample supply of both guns and ammunition. And that's not just the Second Amendment fan in me coming out. That is the things that we're seeing. Uh, they're talking about defunding the police. That means one thing. You're on your own in a lot of areas. Uh, I also believe you need to be praying like you never prayed before. Make sure your family knows what's going on, where you are. Have some, some communication between your family about if certain things happen, if certain things go down. I'm not saying get off the grid. And I've never, ever said anything like this in my church. Um, I have said I, I believe things like this could happen, but I've never done what I'm doing right now. And I'm telling you that between September and November of this coming year, and you'll be able to check me, you know, if, if, if by the time we get to November nothing's happened, or December 1st, man, you call, you call me on this and say, Dana Coverstone, you're an absolute idiot and a fool for saying those things. Go right ahead. Because I realize I'm responsible for what I've spoken. But I also know what I sense, and I know the Holy Spirit's voice enough to know that what I've heard, I believe is going to happen. And what I heard in December happened between March and June. Not because I'm a prophet, but because dreams have a prophetic edge to them sometimes. I've been doing a whole series on dreams and visions. I'm going to finish that series up tonight on my uh, at our church. And I'm going to talk about why dreams and visions are literally an extension of the spiritual gifts of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discernment, all those things are required for dreams. And I pray, Lord, show me what these things mean that I have seen. Show me how to interpret them and what they are. Uh... And right now as I speak this, it is it is June 24th, Wednesday night at 5.30 p.m. in Burksville, Kentucky. I'm in my office at the church, Living Word Ministries in Burksville, Kentucky, sharing this. Not to scare you because I believe, you know, look, God gave the prophets of the Old Testament a lot of warnings. Not to scare people, but to prepare them for what was coming. And so I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you. Don't just throw my word away. Don't just think I'm some... Some preacher trying to get people to come. That's not it either. Because look, the Bible says in the last days will be a great falling away. Jesus tells people to endure to the end. Make sure you endure to the end. Why? Because people won't endure sound doctrine. They're gonna they're gonna hear something, you know, some are gonna hear me and go, Oh man, he is on drugs or something. I'm just telling you the dreams I've had. You can do with them, you can interpret them the way that you want to. But I'm going to declare that I believe we're going to see between September and November incredible, terrible, awful, nasty, bad things happen in this nation. And for the people who are not prepared for it, it's not just going to catch them, catch them in a bad place. It's going to destroy a lot of faith, a lot of hearts, a lot of relationships, a lot of people. It's going to, it, the aim is to kill this nation. 
Because right now, we are a nation that stands in the way of a lot of the Antichrist principles like freedom, liberty, justice. First Amendment, Second Amendment, the Antichrist doesn't want those things. And yes, I do believe the Antichrist is alive and well on planet Earth. And I don't, like, I don't, I don't really care what people think about this video. You can call me whatever you want. You can say whatever you want about me. But wait till December 1st to say it. And if I'm wrong, I'll be the first one to come out and say, Folks, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I ate that night. But I've never had two dreams like this. I've never had a part one, part two. Part one came fully true. And part two, I believe, will as well. So, heed my words, folks. Believers, stop messing around if you're not living for the Lord like you need to. Because the press, there, there's an olive press moment coming for the church in this country. An olive press moment. And we're going to get crushed and squeezed and pushed down. That's why I believe God keeps saying, brace yourself. He's saying this to me so I can say it to you. Brace yourself for the things that are coming. Endure till the end, no matter how hard it gets. I'm not giving up the faith that I have in Christ. I've come too far in this walk and too far in my life to do that. But I want to make sure that others don't make that mistake and don't just walk away from it. Take up the cross, deny yourself, and follow him. Thanks for listening. A very sober message. A very sober message from a Assemblies of God pastor. Dana, his name is uh, Pastor Damon, Dana Coverstone. Not known. Came out of the prayer closet. Came out of a vision. I think what he said is right. I think this is what is planned for America. I plead with you to pray that we could avoid this catastrophic breakdown in America. It is God's judgment. We just had a Supreme Court ruling come down where Justice John Roberts sided with the liberal side of the court and strengthened strengthened the cause of abortion in America. America will pay a price for the Supreme Court's decisions. John Roberts is directly under the judgment of God for what he has done. He is a complete insider. He is a swamp creature. And he has used his position to harm human life. He is a traitor. Now I pray that as I share these words from Revelation, the third chapter beginning in, in verse 14, that you will have ears to hear. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. 
These are Jesus' words to us in this end-time church. I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. What does he mean? We have positioned ourselves in America. I want more love. I want more peace. I want more money. I want more vacation time. I want, I want, I want. And in the midst of that, the fire and the zealous cry for Jesus has been lost. So the American church today thinks that it is very successful. It thinks it can play with God. Many of you today listening to this message walk in known sin against the Almighty God. And you say to yourself, Oh, it's okay. I'll repent sometime and Jesus will forgive me. He forgave all of my sins, past, present, and future. I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I'll just lose a few rewards. You have been lied to, mister. You have been lied to, missus. Sir, read your scriptures. Don't believe the lie of unconditional love. There used to be a a talk show host on WAVA who would come in and every day would open her broadcast saying, God loves you unconditionally. That is a lie from the pit of hell. He does not love you unconditionally. If he did, there would not be a hell. God loves you unfailingly. And he loves you enough to send you to hell if you resist and refuse to repent and turn from your wicked ways. He says, I know your deeds. He knows what you're doing with your time. And in this shutdown time, you know what I'm finding? I'm finding people are spending great amounts of time gaming playing games on the computer, being a part of a league, spending time researching their own interests on the YouTube channels, not serious about Jesus, lukewarm. He says, so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. So he's saying, look, I know what America is saying. You're saying you have it made. You're all right. You can weather whatever comes. Some of you are saying, look, I have, I have food put away. I have water put away. And you should have. Some of you are saying, I have shotguns, I have ammo, I can make it through this. You're lukewarm. 
said, but you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. He's saying, look, the American church doesn't know its true condition before a holy God. And many of you don't even want to hear it. As I began speaking this message, I was watching as the numbers who are watching the YouTube channel began to dramatically drop. Why? This is hard saying. This is confrontation with sin. This is saying, sinner, you better get ready. You're going to die. People don't want to hear that. Do you? Do you want a straight word from God today? Or do you want to continue being wretched and poor and pitiful and blind and naked and not know it? I'm saying, please, Lord, speak your word to my heart. Strip away all pretense from my heart. Strip away all make-believe from my heart. Let me see and hear the truth. He began to counsel them in his love, in his compassion, in his mercy. I counsel you, buy from me gold refined in the fire. What is gold? Gold is real money. I don't have any gold. I've been given gold and I sold it to take care of this broadcast and to help a poor family. Gold is real money. He says, buy gold. Buy gold. What is it? Well, it's faith. It's God's faith. It's not your faith. It's God's faith. And we're told to buy God's faith so that we can become rich in the spirit, gold refined in the fire. Jeremiah six twenty nine to 30. 1 Peter 1, 6 to 7. Buy gold. Step out by faith on the promises of God and earnestly seek his face earnestly cry out for Jesus. Buy white clothes to wear. Zechariah 3, 1-10. Matthew 22, 1-14. Matthew 7, 21-23. Revelation 19, 8. Buy white garments. What are the white garments? According to Revelation 19, 8, they are righteous acts that you perform, things you do in agreement with God. It's your behavior. You want to spend all of your time in worldly entertainment? You want to spend your time fighting, scratching, trying to get ahead with what you want in life? He's saying, buy white clothes. 
You know, see, part of what we're dealing with here is that we have all had our Christian faith presented to us as a wonderful add-on to an already wonderful life. That doesn't work. You don't get to add Jesus as your best buddy to your already full life. There's no room in your life for Jesus. Jesus will take your time and your energy if you are serious about Jesus. One dear person that I've been trying to speak with, encouraging them to read their Bible, a new Bible purchased for them. But every time I talk with this person, they've not been reading the Bible. And this person says, I'm a good person. I'm not a sinner. So there's no hunger to read the scriptures to find salvation because they're saved and on their way to heaven. They're a good person. They're not walking in any known sin. They're fine. Thank you very much. All of my sins are forgiven. God loves me. Utterly, totally, completely deceived and hell-bound. Wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Does that sound like a person who is saved? He's speaking about church people. Jesus is addressing people who call themselves Christians. And he's saying to them, You're lukewarm. You're not even saved. You're lost. You're hellbound. told you this story before but I spoke in an Anglican church and I addressed their sin their bishop became so enraged that he kicked me out of the church he wouldn't even allow me to come on the grounds after I preached he was enraged no God loves us unconditionally he says we're all saved here we don't need to hear about our sin when I was specific, I itemized the sin. Buy white clothes to wear so that you can sh- cover your shameful nakedness. The church in America is shamefully naked today because we have refused to hear the straight word of God and repent humbly before him for our sins so we hang on to certain portions of our personality that are deceptive that are how we get along in the world the seductiveness the strength Jesus is saying You need eye salve on your eyes so that you can see your true condition before God. The American church, it is being judged by Almighty God. And as this prophet, this prophetic word that we shared at the beginning, 
Churches are going to burn. Facilities are going to be destroyed. Homes are going to burn. Businesses are going to be destroyed. Much more than anything we've seen to date, unless there is a wholesale turning of God's people in the prayer closet and in confession and repentance for sin. Verse 19. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Be earnest. Be zealous. Give your whole heart to getting right with Jesus. If you're not right with Jesus, go home and get right. Don't go out. Don't go anywhere until you've opened the word of God to Revelation, the third chapter. Verses 14 through 22. And weep and pray over this scripture until Jesus tells you very plainly what he wants you to do. Your soul's salvation is hanging in the balance. If you say to me, Oh, pastor, I'm okay. I'm saved. Are you lukewarm? Or are you on fire for Jesus? Where do you spend your money? How do you walk? Are you casual and joking? Are you spending time gaming? Are you spending time in pornography? Are you spending time playing? Are you spending time in all kinds of pursuits? But you call yourself a Christian and you say you're saved? Are you kidding me? This is too serious to play games with. He says, I love, I love you, and I rebuke you. I discipline you. So be earnest, be zealous, full out, repent, get right with Jesus. Are you double-minded? Are you arrogant? Are you proud? Are you hard with your family? Are you hard-edged? Are you full of yourself? He's saying, repent. Your retirement's not going to matter. It's going to be gone. Your social security's going to be gone. We're facing destruction in America. We have a very short window until November. And in November, all hell is going to break out in America. Are you ready? Will you endure to the end regardless of what happens to your home or to your job or to your family or to you? Will you endure to the end and stand by faith for Jesus Christ and walk in righteousness, humbly repenting for your sin? He says, those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. This message today is out of the love 
of Jesus Christ for your soul. Here I am, he says, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, how do you hear his voice and open the door? By going before him and confessing everything you've been playing with, your pride, your arrogance, your hardness, your cheapness, your selfishness, your holding back on him, your refusal to give tithes and offerings. It's time to repent. If you hear his knock and you open the door with repentance, that's what he said, repent. Humble your heart. If you'll open the door, he will come in and meet with you. And if you overcome the sin of your heart. Now please, if eternal security is correct, Jesus doesn't know it. Because he's saying, you have to overcome that sin in your life by a power of the faith of God in the blood of Jesus Christ. You can't do it in your own strength. It must come as a supernatural act of grace as you repent for your sin, as you turn from it as you confess honestly what you have done and what you have not done. He says he will come in and he will sup with you. He will eat with you. He will fellowship with you. And to him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Do you have an ear to hear today? Or does your heart turn away in anger and in bitterness and say, This preacher doesn't know what he's talking about? Almighty God. Come today with a broken heart for your church. I come with a broken heart for the casual and the laid back, for those who think that they're fine, but they're enjoying all the pleasures of America, those who are filled with rage against another race, or those who are enraged by the political day that we live in, speaking as though they're God and they have a right to judge everyone and everything. Lord, we're in trouble. We're in such trouble before your throne. Lord, I just cry out to you today. We need a miracle of your grace. We, we need a miracle of turning this nation back toward you, back toward heaven. For we have strayed from you, Jesus. We're so full of all of our little ditty things. Jesus, we need you. 
How are we going to live through this, Jesus? How are we going to endure if we have no confidence in your power? If we're just casual Christians tooling down the road, enjoying life, Lord, it's come to a crashing end. And you've given us a warning in this brother's prophecy that I've shared. You've given us a warning of what's going to take place September, October, November. Lord, we've been warned, but will we repent? And will we get right with you, Jesus? I plead your mercy for America. I plead your mercy for Washington, D.C., metro area. Lord, I plead with you to turn aside this horrendous, catastrophic destruction that has been decreed over us. I know you turned your heart and did not destroy Nineveh. As Jonah came in preaching this same word, you turned and said, look how they've humbled their hearts. Look how they've put on sackcloth and ashes. From the king through the people, they repented, and you turned aside your judgment. But, Lord, years later you came back, and they had turned back once more to wickedness. And this time you did not send a Jonah. This time you simply destroyed them. Lord, I thank you for the warning you've given us today. I ask you to bless this dear pastor for being bold enough to speak what you put in his mouth. I pray you protect he and his family and his children and his church. Lord, I pray today for each person listening to this broadcast. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Just a quick heads up, we're, we have one day left in this month, and we're $790 short of being able to pay for the radio broadcast. Would you like to help with that? This is a faith ministry. I don't have the means. I don't, I'm not on salary. I don't have the means to cover. But some of you could help if you chose to, and I thank each of you who has so faithfully given. Just last night, another brother sent a contribution on PayPal, and that brought our total down to 790 Could I hear from you? You can call right now, 877-534-0780, and you could make a pledge. We have one pledge that has not come in, and after that pledge comes, we'll still be $790 short of being able to pay for radio for this month. Would you help? 
I consider it a great privilege to come and speak God's word to you, unvarnished, straight and clean, day after day. But I can't do it without your help. So as Jesus is moving in your heart, one of you could give the entire amount. Or very different kinds of amounts from a dollar to a hundred to two fifty whatever the Lord tells you to give would you do that my address where you can write to me is the National Prayer Chapel Post Office Box 2346 Woodbridge, Virginia 22195 Again, you can write to me and make your check payable to the National Prayer Chapel. Just put a note on it. It's for Pilgrim's Progress. The National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Now, you're also welcome to come and worship with us. I'm going to give you a cell number, and if you'd like to come and worship with us on Sunday morning from 10 until noon, call me, 703-489-1785. And also, you can go to our webpage and give online, nationalprayerchapel.com, nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you, my brother, my sister. This video and podcast will be up late afternoon and you can watch it again or listen again. I love you, my brother, my sister. I wish I could meet you and I believe I will one day soon. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.